Father, thank you that you are with us and that we can enter behind the veil that was torn and into the Holy of Holies. We can commune with you. And thank you that you confirm to us that it is pleasing to you. Do you enjoy it? And so do we, Lord, to be in your presence. There's no greater joy. Pray that you would continue to teach us and guide us to stay in your presence. I pray now in Jesus' name that you would use that you'd use your word and that you would use me as your instrument, Father, to relay what you want into hearts for your glory, your joy, our joy, the furtherance of your kingdom on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can have your seat, and uh, thank you, Nadia. You might not have thought that, but it was a one-man band doing all of that this morning. I'm really honored to have you leading worship this morning. I've, a while back, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and uh, I wrote it down in my journal, and the words of what I believe he spoke to me that morning more or less something like this. He says, I take the things you break and put them together, put them back together in a way that makes it better than what it was before you broke it. And I said, God, that can't be true. It has to be a little bit worse. I messed it up. It has to be version, version B. And I just felt him smile at me, just say, it's my joy to do that. I'm the sovereign Lord. And so this morning I want to declare to you that Yes, we break things. And our Father in heaven, he doesn't only, fi- he doesn't only fix them. He says, ah, oh, you know, I'll make this broken car work again, as long as you learned your lesson. He's got this way of putting it back together in a way that makes it even better than what it was before you broke it. As an introduction to this, um, we are busy with a little series on breaking anxiety that we kicked off last week, um, and we will be building on that, recapping that, and building on that this week. Um, I've come to a place in my life where I realized that, to a very large extent, I've been living the dream. I've been living my, many of my dreams, and uh, I thought that once one day when that happens, I would be at perfect peace and a fullness of joy, and I'd be dancing in the streets like David. But when our dreams are so important to us, and we get to live them, then they end up consuming us when we get to live them, and then we can't deal with that pressure because it's too much. And so we should carefully consider the way that we 
dream and when our dreams become true, we must have the tools to deal with them um, in a way that would actually allow us to enjoy what they are and to see God glorified through it. So it brought me to a place, and I'm ministering to you definitely not from a place of wholeness in this, but from a place of desperate need to find God in all of this. And um, I hope that it could continue, would continue to bless you and give you tools to use. I want to say that sometimes with all these tools and things to do and things that helps and things that scripture tells us, sometimes it's, it's, it's just all, all too much. Sometimes you just don't have the capacity to even use one of those tools. Sometimes you're just down and out. That's true. Sometimes you feel, well, I can't even do the things that's going to help me. And that's true. And I just want to declare to you that at times we need help, and at times we recognize and realize that we are a royal mess. And that's a fantastic place to be at, even though it feels terrible. It's still true that we are royal while we're a royal mess, and that God is faithful. And so I want to speak peace to those of you who sometimes even feel that I just can't be so perfect as to even put all these tools into practice. But God is able. All right? So trust, put your trust in Him. And sometimes Scripture doesn't give us more handles on what that means. And sometimes all we should do is just say, I put my trust in you. And then just let go and then just see what it does. I just want to acknowledge that. Because I'm not always so wise and so on top of it as to have my one, two, threes in order when I feel down and out. So I don't want you to think that I am like that. But then God. So to recap last week, um, just quickly, uh, we saw a beautiful process in Scripture that we see um, Scripture does this, and not only in this, about anxiety, but about a lot of things. Scripture follows this, this process almost of a command. Scripture gives a command, because it's the Word of God, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. And so there is a command, and we should obey and adhere to the command. More often than not, the command is to bless us um, more than anything else, and we... Um, tend to not want to bless ourselves, so then um, we disobey them. And uh, in, then there is an action plan on how to fulfill this command, what to do. If you say, okay, what to do, what's the action plan? And that then comes with a promise. Um, so command, action plan, promise. And with regards to anxiety, we saw that there are commands throughout Scripture, and three specifically um, some of the main authors in the Bible, uh, David, King David, and the Apostle Paul, and then also the words of Jesus himself that says, do not be anxious, do not worry, do not fret, commands given, not suggestions. And so we should receive and acknowledge from that that if it is given as a command, then surely we are able to fulfill that command, and therefore we are not only victims to stress and anxiety, 
but through that we at least know that we uh, we can repent of it and take ownership of it. And so we are commanded by Scripture to not be anxious about anything. It seems impossible, but it isn't. And you can listen to last week's sermon for more on that. And then there's action plan that we also see that um, Peter, um, Apostle Peter and David and Paul directly says we should cast it on God. And I mean... Um, they make it very clear that he cares for us. He's our good father. He wants to take these things from us. And so um, three times again, Scripture says, cast it on him, make it known to him, give it to him. And I want to reiterate what I said last week because I didn't plan on saying that, but when I said it and I listened to the sermon again, I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I do listen to my own sermons again because I need to learn um, what to do and what not to do. I saw last week there, there, there was a fly around here and every now and again and I went like this and then I thought just to say if that happens again, I'm not busy with spiritual warfare. Um, there's just a fly. So if I do that, um, yeah. Where was I? Um, where was I, Matt? Uh, I wasn't listening either. Um, and so there is a promise there's a promise and the promise of peace I can't, I can't tell you it's only in scripture three times it's, it's there everywhere and the most significant of those for me is in the book of Isaiah where perfect peace is promised to those whose mind is stayed on him perfect peace my goodness perfect peace you gotta be kidding me and it's promised under the old covenant. And we know that we have a better covenant. And we know that we've got the Holy Spirit. And imagine what perfect peace can look like. I think that's what I wanted to say that I said last week that I didn't plan on saying. But the realization of perfect peace in the new covenant. Even greater than it was even promised in the old covenant. Praise God. It's there. Christ died for it. Amen? So, let's run through it quickly. At hear the command. So, we said, like any sin, anxiety, receiving anxiety, receiving stress is not happening to you. It's, it's, a, um, it's a temptation that comes, like with any other sin. It's an email. It's a conversation. It's something that happens. And then in that moment, you've got the decision on whether I'm going to pass this on to God and smile at it. I'm going to say, as you go, I'm going to have to load it on myself. Because eventually, science tells us that kills us physically if we do that. So we need the discernment to see when it comes and to hand it over to God. And smile while we do that. We're going to speak about smiling today. It's going to be really cool. But um, so the first thing is to see it coming. And to say, I will not accept this. I will not accept this. The second thing is to hand it to God. And Matthew makes it clear where Jesus said, oh, not Matthew, Paul, I'm sorry, where he said, make your requests known to God by prayer and supplication and in thanksgiving. So write a list of things. Communicate to God what is it that you need or that you desire to see from this thing that's been thrown at you um, or that you have to deal with. 
write that list, make it clear, and hand that to God and speak to God about it as you give it to Him. It's a relational thing. It's not a religious thing. Okay? It's not a little action plan that you just do out of religion. It's you and God, you and your Father engaging in that. Um, you're saying, that's not my email to answer. That's not my ball to catch. I'm forwarding that. And so um, then we smile, breathe deeply, and receive it in faith. Those who want to please God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I can, I can tell testimonies for hours of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the miracles of God, and many of you can do that too. So trust his word and him. This is really possible. It's really possible to give it to him and to receive that peace in your heart that scripture promises. All right? So can you quickly close your eyes and before we tackle session two, just quickly think of something that might be coming at you right now in the week, in next week. Remember also, Scripture says, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow can be anxious for itself. Um, I'll tell you today about something else we can do about uh, the, uh, with tomorrow. That's really cool. But um, just think about something, some temptation to stress that, that's coming to you, that's in front of you, and just run this process in your head. Just run it with God. Just close your eyes and just run this with God in a couple of seconds quickly. I just had is I, I, I had the sense, I had the temptation coming to me, telling me, uh, you started the series off pretty well, but uh, what if you mess it up in today or next week and it doesn't really come to fruition? And I smiled and said, God, what do you say about this? And he said, I've got you, my boy. So, I don't know, but he, he's got me. Hope that helps just to reinforce. Session two, smile, breathe, and think. I've been doing a lot of that. (laughs) Last week we said no to anxiety. This week we're going to say yes to some stuff. Because we can't only empty out, we also need to fill up. Are you with me? Cool. Smile. Proverbs 31, 25. The most virtuous of women is described, and it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure, and she smiles at the future. 
Other translation says laughs at tomorrow. Smiles at the future. Matthew 6, 34 says, Don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow can be anxious for itself. So what do you do when you think about tomorrow? You smile at it. Now, I've been smiling a bit this last while, and um, Aubrey and Johan and some of the guys that's living with me has been asking me, like, what are you laughing about? I'm like, uh, I'm not. I am smiling, and you haven't seen me smile a lot. So now you think I'm laughing because I'm smiling, but I'm just smiling. And I've uh, got some cool stuff about smiling. I'm so excited about smiling, you have no idea. But uh, I was... I was speaking to Daniel about, and it helps to be excited about smiling because then you smile more about it, but um, I was speaking to my son, my th- three-year-old boy, who's becoming a big boy now very quickly, about smiling in, for some reason. And then he said, he said, Papa, smiling is cheat. Smiling is cheat. And when he said it, I knew I had to go investigate this. I just knew this was not only my little boy that was just speaking to me. I need to go and wrestle with this. That he just said, I've received a word from uh, uh, another pastor that said, you will look at your son and you will receive sermons from the Lord while looking at him. And so I have a couple of times, and this is maybe one of them, but smiling is cheating. So, I mean, it seems weird, but I'll bring it together just now. When we do smile, our brain releases uh, 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 little molecules called neuropeptides. Doctor, am I saying that correctly? Neuropeptides, neuropeptides. And one of the things that they do is they help to fight off stress. Um, We also release dopamine when we smile. It's a free shot. (laughs) Smile. If you hold it for a while, my mom used to say when I was little, but I, d- I didn't like that because she said it at the wrong time. She said it when I was mad. And then she said, just, how can I get the English? Afrikaans say, she said, glimlach, want it gaan, dit sal intrek. You know? You, it will, if you just like stick on a smile, eventually you'll feel like smiling, you know? And I was like, whatever, just just go away, you know, I'm not going to smile at you now, but it's true, and I know my mother's going to listen to this sermon, so, um, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you more, but I, you know, this war, I do not know why, and I also saw um, my father at some stage, I remember we were on his, on his case, because he was always frowning a lot when he came to uh, we, when we went to church and we were on his case, said, Dad, why are you frowning? You always look mad at us when you're at church. And I don't know what, but something happened. If you would meet my dad, my dad smiles. He just always smiles. Whenever you see him, he's just smiling. Um, and so I'm trusting for that same breakthrough in my life that people would know me as a smiling guy. Um, smiling at tomorrow. Smiling releases Dopamine, which helps us with happiness, and dopamine is addictive. So if the more you smile, the more you'd want to smile, and the more dopamine you get from it. Now, this is going to get cooler. I've got a cool revelation. Just, just stick with me, okay? It releases serot- 
serotonin, which is another cool hormone that reduces stress and depression. And a little bit of endorphins, which is a mild pain reliever. Free. Just smile. Now, we know if we go for a jog, then we also get these kind of things happening, okay? But, I mean, a lot of us like to jog, and we do jog, but I get to it two, three times a week on a good week, four times. And it takes effort, you know, and you need to shower afterwards and a lot of stuff. Smiling is easy. So when I think of the great benefits that reach to smiling at tomorrow, I do smile more because of that thought. Um, in the, the trek rechtig in. Now what's been interesting is that um, our masks, maybe I should first say a lot of psychologists right now, I heard from um, someone in Durbanville, the psychologists are fully booked after lockdown. It's crazy. Now there's a lot of factors to that. Um, and I'm glad for the psychologists because obviously their business is doing well. But um, one of them, I believe, is that a smile, a smile is contagious. If you, walk, uh, if you walk on the promenade and someone smiles at you, you smile back. Now, don't you? If someone frowns at you, you frown. You're like, what was that about? <laughs> but anyone can make you smile if they just smile at you. Unless you're in a very bad space. And so our masks, I mean, it's hard to preach like this. I used to be a very good preacher before you guys had your masks on. Now it's really difficult. So, I mean, um, you need to really laugh before I can see it in your eyes. But we haven't been seeing each other's smiles. And so we've been smiling a lot less. Because the addictive thing of it that God gave us to keep us healthy has not been there. We've been keeping off other contagious things and losing out on some good contagious things. Smile. Smile until you feel that you're you're kind of breaking through into the eyes over here. It feels to me at at the beginning it felt like it is cracking like like a dry damn wall because I haven't been smiling that much. Every time it's like... Because it's been looking like this more than not. And now this is cool. So, 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 we we are psychologically speaking, we are thinking, feeling, doing people. The thinking is is what is underneath the surface, underneath underneath the surface. We think a lot of that stuff, and because of those frameworks and those things that have become real to us, the things that we've thought a lot about and that's real in our minds, whether they lies or not, they inform our feelings, um, and in turn, they our feelings affect what we do. Okay, um, and so we should always go back and fix our thinking when we need to figure out what's wrong with us and why I'm feeling like this and why I'm doing things I don't want to do. The problem is with your thinking. You don't really believe that you're a child of God. You don't really believe your royalty. You don't really believe that you've been saved and born again. You don't really believe that joy is yours. You don't really believe a lot of beautiful things, and so we don't think well. So, so th- but that, that's a long process, and we'll be speaking about the thinking. That's a long process to get to that. And sometimes we then think, so for me to get to smiling, which is doing, is going to take long because I need to fix all my, all my thinking. But smiling is cheating, remember. 
smiling is a very easy way to have that backwards effect from your behavior onto your emotions. And so while you are wrestling with your thinking that's not sorted out, you can so long inform your feelings as to where you're going and help you along the way. We know we are body, soul, and spirit. This makes it even more real. Our spirit has been made perfect by the blood of the Lamb. There is complete peace and joy right there, accessible. We struggle to access it a lot. But we are in complete peace there. That is a reality. It's a spiritual reality for those born again. To make that spiritual reality an emotional reality, a soul reality, mind and feeling reality, is our journey. It's part of our journey. But the reality is there. And so, our body, when we smile, actually informs our soul of the truth that's already present in our spirit. That there is fullness of joy and of peace. That you can have. And so it's a good cheating. You might think, you know, you're just lying to yourself, smiling. You're just trying, you're making yourself feel better. It's all this rubbish. No, 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 no. Deep down in your spirit, that reality is true, my friend. So stick the smile on and inform your soul of the truth. I'm smiling, guys. I'm liking this. And the last thing about smiling. You know how we often worship? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Eh? And so, if, if, if we engage God's presence always like this. Now, there's, there are times when this is appropriate. Eh? But there are times when it's not. And that's often. Because scripture says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. So I can tell you this much. If you want to be, so many of us, we want to be in God's presence. We want to be people of God's presence. But somehow we don't find ourselves allured to that often. And so when I'm at a braai and we're having a great time, everybody's laughing. I say, hey guys, let's worship. A lot of people kind of go like, why do you want to damp the mood? You want to worship now? What? You? what? Let me just put away my beer. You know? no, no, no. Okay. But what if our worship has always been linked to us releasing endorphins and serotonin and dopamine? And what if that smile has always told us of the very uh, beautiful reality of the victory we have in Christ and the joy and the peace? If we would smile, I'm, I'm trying to tell myself to smile while I'm praying and worshiping because that's more true than frowning while I'm doing it. And it'll inform your mind to say, I like that place. I like that place. I want to go to that place. So then when we're at a brine and say, let's worship guys, we'll be like, yeah, that's cool. I've been smiling and that does make me smile too. We make things so complicated, but actually we just want to feel like 
And I mean, that's definitely not the end of the game. But so often we overcomplicate things and we spiritualize things. It's just about wanting to feel like or not feeling like And so we should be careful for over-spiritualizing things like that when it's actually just your own emotions that can come in line with what's already real. Um, where's Kobus? Is he not here today, Jacques? Yeah. Shucks. <laughs> that laugh sounds like Kobus's laugh. I thought I heard him earlier, but I obviously heard Jacques. He, he taught me how to sing when I was in. We, we were raised together. And um, that's the last thing I'm going to say about smiling, I promise. But I've been spending a lot of time on it. And I've been doing a lot of it. Um, he taught us how to sing. And uh, one of the things that he taught us when we sang it was at Sari University. Um, is uh, smile... Apart from that one, he said, lift up your cheekbones. The easiest way for someone that is not a great singer just to make sure you stay on the note is just to make sure that you're not in this position. So worship leaders and worshipers, if you just want to sing on the note, smiling will help a lot. Great reason to smile too, right? Look at your neighbor and smile. Smiling often ends up in laughing. (laughs) Really, guys, this is an easy one. So we smile at tomorrow. You see, the enemy is clever. He he knows that we often over-spiritualize our walk with the Lord, and therefore we do not give it enough practical handles. And so he gives us the opposite through practical things. So he makes us frown daily. He makes us doubt um, daily. He makes us worry a little bit every day. And so he just messes up our mind. And we will believe one thing, but we will do another because he is in that space. And so we should be clever in this space and get back at him. And one of those things is smiling. Now, Psalm 46 verse 10, we're moving on to breathe. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Now, now, there there is a great contention about this word still, the Hebrew word that's used there, because it doesn't mean still like be be quiet. It actually doesn't mean that. So it means to, it's like a mix of like like cease striving, relax. One guy would say like the best word is just relax. That's what it's saying there. Relax. Calm down. Just hakuna matata. You know what's really cool is that in our Burundi discipleship group, they understand Swahili, so I can often use hakuna matata and asande sane, which I learned from uh, Lan King. And they think I know something of, the, of Swahili. But anyway... When we are not relaxing, when we are not calming down, when we are not, when we are engaging, striving, and all these things, you know what your body does? One of the things it does is it breathes more rapidly. It goes into fight and flight mode because something's wrong, and I need to either flee or I need to fight. 
and so you produce more, there's more oxygen in your blood, and you are ready to do something with this now. You are preparing to run away from the lion. Um, and so when we are at work, when we're in that space, when we're at, we, we, we are not being still, ceasing, striving, relaxing. And one of the most beautiful things that we can do to do that is to tell your body everything is okay by smiling. Ah, smiling, yes, and breathing. Especially when you breathe out slowly. It just tells your body you don't have to be in fight or flight mode right now. Because we go into fight or flight mode like, like that with the that email that comes. And sometimes we just are in that mode and we need to get out of that mode. And so while I am handing my things to God, I'm also speaking to me like David did. He spoke to himself. He said, why are you, uh, why are you, what's that, with, uh, in turmoil within me, my soul, what's wrong with you? He spoke to himself. He told himself what to do. And so in that same way, I can't say like, oh, I want the peace of God if I'm staying in fight and flight mode. And therefore, we know that a very practical way to do that is to tell your body you're okay by just breathing. And so, as part of my recovery, I've often just been lying on my back, on my bed, smiling and breathing deeply in and out. Now, that can sound like meditation. Eastern meditation, and it can be Eastern meditation, but we know Christian meditation is more than that. Christian meditation, we say, is not emptying the mind, but is filling the mind with God. And so when we are in a space where we are using these beautiful smiling techniques and telling our body to relax and just take a deep breath, we should be aware of what we are thinking and we shouldn't try to think nothing because that's eastern rubbish that's gonna if there's nothing in there there's gonna like, stuff is gonna come in there you need to put stuff in there beautiful stuff what does scripture say should we put in there you know what we think around 50,000 thoughts a day 50 70,000 thoughts a day of which they say, on average, only 10% are positive. On average. Only 10%. So let's say it's 50, 10, 20% of what the average human being thinks every day is actually positive. Scripture calls us to a different place. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. We can't do that. Philippians 4 8 to 9, it's Apostle Paul calling us to 100%. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Don't think about the fact that one of your elders just walked out of your sermon. <laughs> He 
he uh, didn't. He, he's just there. <laughs> so that that word think, whatever's true, whatever's honourable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, anything with the friend, think about these things. Once again, if you look at that word with think, what what that word means is to examine something mentally. I don't mean the word think, I mean the Greek word. It means to examine it mentally, to reason about it, to meditate on it. There is a sense of spending time in this, in this space. And we know, well, just psychologically, if we... For those of you who think, what is this guy doing speaking a lot about psychology? He doesn't know what he's speaking about. I don't. I don't know a lot of what I'm speaking about. But I am a, I am a psychologist, so I'm allowed to say it. All right? But I don't know that much. Don't take me up on that. But I, I, I'm at least allowed to speak about these things. When we meditate on, reason about, examine mental and we spend a lot of time on good things, what eventually happens is we believe them and then we act accordingly. Now, there was a group of 15 professors who had to do some, I think the study was about finding out what makes human beings do stuff, what gets us to do stuff. And so they summarized all the, the information they could get, the articles they could get, the research they could get. They, they summarized it and they came up with this beautiful phrase that says that they found that what the mind attends to, the mind considers. When you're listening to my sermon, you're attending to it, so you will consider it. Sure. Some of you are in considering mode now. Nice, nice. What the mind constantly considers, the mind believes. You decide what you believe by constantly considering something. And the media and the world can make you constantly consider some things and then you will start believing them. You can't just say, no, I will choose to believe the truth, but you don't feed yourself the truth. You're bombarded by other stuff that you receive through your movies and your series and stuff that you should really stop with. Because it's really killing you. What the mind constantly considers, the mind believes. And what the mind believes, the mind eventually does. So we know this. So back to that scripture. Think, think, think. Examine mentally, reason about, meditate on. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence... If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is a man who was in jail in Philippi. He's writing to the Philippians where he was jailed. He had a horrible time. There were times in his life when nothing was going his way. So if he says if there's any excellence, he just means like, just if you could just think of anything. Like the rats are eating my toes right now. And... One preacher said a beautiful thing about this. He said, if you can't think of anything. He didn't use these words. I'm adding. I'm making it better. But if, if you can't think of anything that fits that box, you can think about Jesus Christ, your Savior, for all eternity. Because he fits all of them. 
him and his attributes in his work fits all of them. And you can think on them. And they will ensure that your mind is healthy. The next verse, actually verse 9, speaks about the fact that if you do what I tell you, then the God of peace will be with you. And so we need to make a habit of this. Now, it's nice for me to preach this at you, but how do you do this? Now, if you are serious enough about anything, if I would say you need to play rugby and you hear from God, you need to play rugby, then I don't really need to tell you what to do. You will YouTube and you'll figure it out and you'll remember what you did at primary school and you will start playing rugby. So if, if we really want to do something, then we'll do it, okay? So I don't really, that's why scripture doesn't always give us a manual because you, he wants us to wrestle with him and figure these things out. Because if we don't, then we didn't really want to anyway. And then we can know that and God can know that and we can move on from that place. Are you with me? But I would like to tell you what I found in my wrestling and how to obey this in an easy way that I've learned from a couple of, couple of counselors and a couple of courses and something that I really do. And that is what we're going to do today as a little exercise that I hope would help. So, while I'm smiling on my bed and I'm breathing, now sometimes it's hard to think about something while you are also concentrating on breathing, so don't worry about the breathing that much then. Just smile. And then I think about something good that happened to me yesterday. Something tangible. That was good. Number one. Just anything. Then we expand on that and we think of five to ten things that made that good thing possible. The providence of God, the relationships that's been built, whatever it is. Just think about what are the good things that made this good thing possible. And then, we should educate ourselves on this. We found what are the positive emotions that this stirs in me. We name them and we try to feel them. Confidence. Security. Being loved. And so the process helps us to just meditate on, reason about, spend time, think about, as Scripture rightly says we should do. Think about it. About the good things so that the God of peace will be with us. And it would be good then to end and thank God for this. Good. So it doesn't matter what's pressure in, you can do this. I do that as a routine, as part of my daily, of part of my daily quiet time. I've got a lot of lot of tools in my toolbox for my daily quiet time, and I don't use them all every day. Just use them as they might be appropriate. This is one of them. For some of you, doing something small every day will work very well. For some of you, it will not work well. 
some of you it will just spark more for some of you it will be impossible to do it like that every day we're all different for some of you you will just have to have these binge positive thinking episodes on your own where every once in a while you just go into that space and you just write it all down or you worship it all out or you just, you just go into that meditating on good things space. It might be for some of you extroverts like me, group positive thinking might be great. Just get together and mention like 20 amazing things and what made it possible, how amazing it is to have it. Great therapy session. And just a God-glorifying session too. Um, you can set reminders on your phone throughout the day to remind you and you go like, ah. Oh. Because you can actually do this in just a couple of seconds too. But if we need to spend more time on it than that, um, we need to do it often enough. And then what I also try to do is when I do pass the ball of the temptation coming to me, then I also pick this up and I, th- and I smile and I think of beautiful things that has come because of this, that can come because of this, and that I've seen God do in the past. So I'd like for us to do that little exercise now. And um, it's probably going to make you feel pretty good so I will guide you through it you can close your eyes you can be your own guide when you're on your own but right now you have a guide you can just close your eyes and smile so until you feel it like breaking through your jaw line up into your eyes see if you can keep that smile going throughout the exercise Every now and again, you'd have to maybe like pull it up a bit more so that it really goes up, so that it almost feels like you want to start laughing. Um, some of us are too mature to even try this, but it's really good for you. There's a little boy and a little girl inside of you that needs attention. Um, smile. Breathe in and out slowly a couple of times just to get you into that space if you maybe were thinking of fighting or flighting. Now think about one good thing that happened to you yesterday. When you have that one thing now, think for a while about five to ten re- things that made this good thing possible. And remember to keep the smile up, continue having it break through your jaw, up to your eyes.
now think about what positive emotions does this, does this spark inside of you. See if you can name some of them and see if you can feel them more deeply as you name each one rather than to just list them. thank God for this good. Now this is one way of obeying scripture. Philippians 4.8 Smile, breathe, and think. I pray that the peace of God and the God of peace will be with you. And that he would continue to guide you in perfect peace. That you can conquer the world even when you might be burnt on the stake. Or even if your business is going to go down. That nothing would be able to remove you from that place. Imagine that. God promises that. Let's take hold of that. Amen. Have a beautiful week. Um, Nudia's asking if we could please play one more song. He says we've 